make this official welcome to dead pilot society the podcast where we take uh what do we do we take pilots that were written uh i can't even remember ben we take pilots that were sold and developed in networks but never shot and we give them the table reads they never got a chance to have i'm andrew reich and it's usually just me but ben blacker's here hi i'm glad to be talking to you you know, I was going to just uh, do this on my own, like I normally do, and it just, I couldn't face it. I needed a little uh, human connection. So uh, thanks for, for doing it with me. It's funny, when we recorded this episode, this was the last live recording we did, um, and you introduced it by saying, this may be the last time we all gather as a group <laughs> for the foreseeable future, and it turns out to be true. Are you some yeah. kind of a prophet? You know, that was February 29th, and that passed for a joke at that point, and I've never been um, sadder to be so prescient. I had, a, I had a pretty strong feeling that this was where we were headed, but boy, I really wish I had been, uh, that joke had not been such a great joke. I wanted to see how many COVID cliches um, we each have been partaking in, because we haven't checked in in a while. So... Have you baked bread? We have baked bread, but to be honest, we bake bread all the time. Okay. Okay. Um, beans. How many pots of beans? Now, again, we've eaten quite a number of beans, but uh, my wife is in an enviable bean club. So we have beans shipped to us regularly. Is she in the Rancho Gordo bean club? I don't like to brag, but Yes. Holy shit. I can't believe it. That's amazing. <laughs> so we're swimming in the best beans. Yes. Okay. I mean, I've got some, but I'm not a bean club member. I mean, I've got some Rancho Gordo, but how about gardening? Uh, I've been too busy to garden. How about you? Uh, put the garden in, put, build some uh, raised beds, put the, put the plants in today. Yes. Um, that much of a, a COVID cliche. Well done. Um, have you been doing any, uh, <laughs> any like zoom workouts? Um, I don't, I, it's startling that you can't tell by looking at me that that's all <laughs> I've been doing. Uh, I had a feeling, I had a feeling. Um, and, uh, last one, last one, just, just, um, learning a foreign language. Um, no, I've not been learning a foreign language. Have you been learning a foreign language? I have not. That's, that's one of the few COVID douche, uh, things I have not been doing. Um, I'm curious to hear about your work habits. It's, it's interesting talking to writers during this who, you know, some of them have been able to throw themselves into it, but more often than not, most people are saying, like, I write a page and then I walk away. Um, and that's kind of how it's been for me as well, um, outside of doing these um, live Thrilling Adventure Hour um, benefit shows that we've been doing. Um, 
but only because I've been writing that for 15 years. Uh, everything else is slow going. What about you? Absolutely. Uh, nearly impossible to, to do any work. Uh, I mean, I've been really impressed that you've, you and, and Ben Acker have, have written those thrilling shows. Like that feels extraordinarily productive to me. Um, I've been working on a pitch and I've, I've pitched a couple times. Um, but that was mostly done before all of this. So I've done little tweaks to that. Um, but I'm even, you know, I've been directing this documentary and I've shot most of the stuff. And so I mostly what I'm doing, I was going through these transcripts of the interview and there's a speech recognition program that does the transcripts and you just have to go through and sort of correct them. Even that, like I've had a hard time focusing enough to do. So it's been, and, and just writing, coming up with new stuff, you know, my interview with Allison Bennett, who's our writer for this, you know, for this pilot, we talked about it a bit. It's just really hard right now to imagine what kind of programming uh, is going to be viable going forward. So you know, coming up with new new ideas and new pilots seems really, really tricky right now. Um, so yeah, it's like, oh, you've you've got all this time on your hands, and people are like, oh, you'll just yeah. boy, not not me. No, and I think not most of us. And I think it probably bears saying that you know you're under no obligation. You know, if you are a writer out there, it's okay not to write, especially right now. It's okay not to write. You know, there's there's too much, you know, to, to think about. There's too much to put your emotions on in other places. So take that burden off of yourself and don't feel like you have to write the most spectacular thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's okay to just read a book or watch the news or whatever it is that gets you through the day. I really agree because, you know, writing for me in the best of times is, is really stressful. And when I've put that, when I've put that on top of the just general level of stress, it's just, it's been feeling unbearable. Um, but it, it was, it was definitely interesting talking to Allison, this pilot, uh, which is say our pilot, the, this, this episode is called eight and it's really fun, and I think it'll take everyone's minds off of things for 30 minutes or so. Um, but it's a pilot about you know a couple sort of complaining that they have too many family members you know around, and all these grandparents who are over all the time and want to be at the house and seeing their baby all the time, and what a pain in the ass! And boy, it's just like wow, that just does not feel okay to be something to complain about in this moment. Uh, but who could have foreseen that that will, that a pilot about that would suddenly feel really off. Uh, yes, it, it may not be relatable at the moment, but listen, our parents are always going to be annoying. <laughs> yes, true. That'll never go out of style. That is true. But uh, yeah, and we talked a bit about, you know, she's on single parents and they don't know if they're coming back. But if they do, you know, how do you start thinking about what the next season of a show like that will look like? It's it's tricky. So I agree. I think all the writers out there, uh, you need to go easy on yourselves and... You know, you don't need to add the, the stress of feeling bad that you're not writing the most amazing spec right now. Um, and this is, as you say, this is a great pilot. It was a really fun show. 
I'm excited to listen to it again. Yeah, I just did. And it was really fun. Uh, so let me quickly just tell everyone who our cast was. Because uh, it was just a fantastic cast, so, so talented and just great people. So uh, as one of the last gatherings um, before all of this happened, it was really uh, great people to spend time with. So as Jillian, uh, we had Anna Camp from Perfect Harmony and Pitch Perfect. Uh, as Trevor from Bless This Mess and Insecure, Langston Kerman. Uh, as Carolyn from Veep and Bless This Mess and many other things, Nancy Lenahan, as Rick from Stand Against Evil and Scrubs, John C. McGinley, as Alicia from Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker and Star Wars Forces of Destiny, Kelly Marie Tron, as Lori from Mom, Mimi Kennedy, as Donnie from The Nightly Show and Insecure, Larry Wilmore, as Pam and Stephanie from Veep and New Girl, Aiden Mayeri, and as Ace from Drunk History and Community, Craig Kakowski. Ben, what an awesome cast. It really is. We're, we're so lucky every time. Yeah, and this one especially. So we've got this one, uh, eight by Allison Bennett, uh, that you'll hear right now. We did another pilot at that show, Revival by Sally Bradford McKenna, which we will bring you for the next episode. And then going forward, we are figuring out uh, how we're going to do this. But we will still find a way uh, to bring you the finest in dead pilots. Um, And, uh, you know, we've got some ideas for, for other kinds of episodes to do as well. But this is a really fun one. Uh, Take a break from reading horrendous news and uh, cooking beans and, and listen. Thanks as always for listening. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And Ben, thanks for doing this with me. I just, uh, you know, just couldn't be alone for this this time. So thank you. (laughs) Anytime. All right. I'll talk to you soon. We'll do this again in a month. Hey, you've reached Dr. Game Show. Leave your message after the beep. Dr. Game Show is my favorite podcast and the only podcast my parents let me listen to because I'm 12. But even old people love this show. Basically, you call in, play games, and have fun. If you win a game, a baby will send you a magnet in the mail. I have so many magnets and put them all over my locker and pretty much everyone at school is jealous because they are very cool custom magnets and it also means that I'm really good at winning games. And they even let me practice my record live on the air. (coughs) Listening to this show is like going to a real doctor, but pretty much kind of better. Dr. Game Show Rock. Listen to Dr. Game Show on Maximum Fun. New episodes every other Wednesday. This is Eight, written by Allison Bennett. It's Act One. We're interior, a a kitchen. Jillian, 33, a semi-retired party girl, and Trevor, 35, an upbeat pleaser, stand in their kitchen with her father, Rick, 60s and traditional, and her stepmother, Alicia, 32 and dramatic. (laughs) I honestly don't see what the problem is. I want to see my granddaughter. Just wake her up. Give her a little shake. Dad, I am not waking Barbara, and I'm definitely not shaking her. I shook you all the time. Gently. 
Everybody did. It's how you wake up a baby. Dad, it's not... Come on, it's not 1986 anymore. We don't wake up and we don't hey, shake. Hey, hey, different strokes for different folks. I bet we could learn a lot from his old school parenting tricks from Rick here, you know? Great, let's wake her up. Not, not what I was saying. Barbara... We'll, we'll get, Barbara will get up from her nap in 10 minutes, maybe less if she poops. Oh, sorry, we've got to leave for the winery. We're doing a tasting. There are wineries in central Pennsylvania? Oh, yeah, Pennsylvania makes wine now. We're basically Europe. Jillian spots something out the window. It's an older woman driving, driving a Kia Sportage. She pulls into their driveway. Uh, shit. What? Oh, are the neighbors pointing leaf blowers at each other again? No. Mom's here. Son oh, of a no. bitch. One call oh, God. And we are exterior of their house in the driveway. Jillian talks to Carolyn, 60s, grandma with a capital G, who sits in the car with a shopping bag. What's your father doing here? He, he stopped by to shake the baby before he gets drunk on Harrisburg Merlot. I mean, why can't you just follow the schedule? Well, it's confusing. I, and I bought me and Barbara matching dresses for our first her first birthday next week and just want to make sure they fit because I think she got my thighs. No, you are not wearing matching dresses with Barbara. Can I at least just come in and see her? Mom, you watch her five days a week while we work. I love you, but it's Dad and Alicia's turn. Okay, fine. I'll just wait for them to leave. We all know your father's good at that. (laughs) Carolyn is pleased with her own sass and rolls up the window. Jillian sighs. We go back to the kitchen. Trevor and Jillian talk with an upset Rick and Alicia. So, we're trapped. Basically, Jonestown. (laughs) You know, I really think that you can just walk down the driveway. You know, like... People. This doesn't have to be weird. Being divorced in a small town means your mother and I have a system. And I like to maintain that system. Mm. Hey, Alicia, do you think you could hop a fence in those shoes? I have, and I will. All right, well then, you guys can just leave through the backyard. That's good thinking, Trevor. I'm glad I didn't fire you when you started putting the back wheels to my daughter. (laughs) And I've forgiven you for having sex with my best friend. So, hey, look at us. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's get out of here. He turns to Trevor. Oh, and and, and find out what the other grandparents are getting Barbara for her birthday. I want to go big. His love language is gifts. You have a love language? Jillian and Trevor look on dismayed as Rick and Alicia wade into the backyard to escape. We hear the front door close as someone flies in. Mom? Are we in a Korean horror movie right now? (laughs) Oh, Barbie girl, Grandma's here. No, 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 Mom, Mom, she's taking a nap. Carolyn emerges with Barbara, one years old and adorable, in matching frumpy dresses. So, what do you think? Is it too sultry? Off Trevor and Jillian, exhausted, we smash to the main title. A day later, we're in Jillian and Trevor's living room. They face each other, haunted. Barbara plays nearby. You know, this really isn't how I pictured raising a kid with seven grandparents. I thought with all that help, it would be more like... She puts her hands behind her head. Chill. Cartoon relax, dude. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're making our lives harder, not easier. How does every Saturday end up like this? You know what already ruined weekends? Having a baby. I know. It's the worst thing in the world. And I love it. I love it. At least, well, at least my mom and Pam are watching Barbara tonight. Oh. 
yes, 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 date night. You know, it's weirdly been forever, despite the fact that we're drowning in childcare. Do you think we're ever going to remember the last time we had sex? We... I'm talking... Wait, wait, wait. I'm talking P and V, you know? Um... None of this. Let's role play. We're in high school because we're too tired to do anything but hand stuff stuff. Uh, uh, hmm, yeah, no, uh, actually. But for the record, I do kind of like playing under the bleachers. Me too. I don't want to be this weird cave couple that tallies sexual intercourse. But we have seven people to watch our kid and we're newlyweds. We should be having the most sex. Yeah, we should be sore. I should be in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor looks at his daughter, Barbara. Um, at what point do we have to start editing what we say in front of her? You know, I'm honestly worried the answer is months ago. And we go to a dive bar at night. They sit at the bar. Yeah, look at us. Mm-hmm. We're out of the house. We're in pants with buttons. <laughs> it's date night. Oh, man, we used to hang out here all the time. We were fun. And then I put a baby in you. Yes, you did. The classic story. Girl meets boy. Girl gets pregnant eight months in. Girl and boy have shotgun elopement because they can't figure out which of their divorced parents to invite. It's just what every little girl dreams of. They smile and cheers. Trevor's phone buzzes. Shit. It's my mom. Hello? It's Lori. 60 is a flighty New Yorker. If you ever want to see your child again, you'd better get here now. And we go to Lori and Pam's house at night. It's a generic Airbnb overflowing with hippie tchotchkes. Jillian and Trevor run in panicked. Lori holds Barbara while her wife, Pam, 40s and practical, sits nearby. What happened? Okay? The baby's fine. The dogs, on the other hand. Dogs? What dogs? Jillian and Trevor clock seven mangy-looking dogs. Pam pets one. We're fostering now. They were all rescued from international meat trucks. And they feel completely unsafe around your child. We angle on little adorable, unthreatening Barbara. Uh, Were they being aggressive or? No, they're truly amazing animals, but they haven't touched their toys since she got here. These poor creatures have suffered enough. Babysitting time over. But date night. Lori hands Barbara to Jillian, and Jillian kisses her. Mm, Hey, Chins. I missed you. By the way, we're really looking forward to celebrating her first birthday. Yeah. Sunday at 8 a.m.? What the hell? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had to schedule three different celebrations. This is what happens when everyone's parents are divorced and no one gets along. Oh, Trevor. You're lucky your father's not in your life. Yeah. No, it's great. I love it. in our life. He, he drunk dialed us from Reno last July. Uh, just so you know, we have a hard out Sunday. We gotta <laughs> teach these dogs some commands in English. I thought the whole reason you guys moved to Pennsylvania from New York was to help out with the baby, not random meat pets. Well, we've been here. We've been here a year. We need to expand our horizons, help other populations in need. I even have Pam working on building little wooden shelters for the homeless. <laughs> Pam nods proud. Uh, Lori, there's no homeless population here. But now there can be. (laughs) We go to Jillian and Trevor's bedroom that night. They're passed out in bed with their clothes on, a baby monitor on Trevor's chest. Jillian stirs. Mm, The baby's down. 
Do you want to get some? Yeah. I'm too tired to take my pants off. Well, I can make it work. Bleacher time? Jillian reaches over and half-heartedly taps his crotch. (laughs) (laughs) Then they sigh and roll over, still in their clothes. It's the morning in the kitchen. Trevor and and Jillian stand over baby clothes on the table. And presenting Barbara's first birthday party looks. She holds up a weird hand-painted jumpsuit. Your mom made this monstrosity, so where else is she going to wear it? And Jillian holds up a nice but boring baby dress. I call this one traditional baby baby for my ever-imaginative dad and Alicia. She then holds up a frilly dress. And last but not least, Jean Benet Light for my mom and Ace, which is somehow an improvement on what my mom wants her to wear. Okay, here's the birthday schedule. Jillian holds up an insane-looking grid. All this back and forth seems uh, exhausting. Like, I'm, I'm not seeing any sex in the foreseeable future. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we'll be dead. Okay. So, so why don't we give ourselves a break and just throw one party? Because there's a system, a broken, barely hanging on system, but still it exists. I'm just saying, maybe now that Barbara's been here a year, there needs to be a new system. We don't have to keep bending over backwards so our, parental, uh, so our parents aren't uncomfortable. Well, yeah, but I also don't want to be uncomfortable. We're already uncomfortable. Jillian, our lives together just started. Yeah, like five minutes ago. I don't even know your phone number yet. (laughs) So let's get things off on the right foot and live the way we want. One party. Jillian thinks. They'll never go for it. It's not about them. It's about us. And who knows? Maybe it will be fun. Will not be, but... Taking our life back. All right, okay. Snatching One it. Party. We're just... Finally living for us. It. That life, that yeah. life that we love. They, oh. go, they go to kiss. Barbara starts crying on the baby monitor. Oh, I'll heat up the milk. I'll change her diaper. And that's the end of Act One. It's act two and we're exterior, a commercial construction site. Trevor and Rick, wearing hard hats, survey the construction work. One party. Are you out of your goddamn mind? <laughs> we just thought it would be nice to get everyone together. I'd rather pass a kidney stone than break bread with Caroline. Trevor, clearly hating this, plows forward. Um, also, we've decided no gifts. What? <laughs> How will the kid know we love her? (laughs) Okay, that's the thing. We don't want her to connect material things with love. So we'd like the grandparents to write Barbara a letter about the first year of her life. Rick looks at Trevor like he's insane. A letter. You want me to write a letter to a baby that can't read? Ah, She will read someday. And then she can look back and know how loved... Trevor loses steam as Rick uh, stares at him, perplexed. Uh, well, all right. Um, that was all the things I was supposed to say. Hey, should Bob be operating that backhoe? He seems pretty drunk. We, and we angle on a struggling Bob, 50s, a redneck, in the backhoe. No, it's just pills. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the living room of Carolyn's house where a furious Carolyn stands with Jillian. 
Hey, Mom, it's just one afternoon. Yeah. Father and I have a system. Well, the system isn't working. It's like low-rise jeans. Sure, it worked in the 90s, but now there's new ways to torture women. <laughs> no, I, I refuse to agree to this. I'm invoking grandmother's rights. There's no such thing as grandmother's rights. Oh, yes, there is. Yes, there is. And, and it's, I'm not squandering Barbara's last few moments of babyhood by being in the same room as Rick and your slut friend. <laughs> Mom, they started dating 20 years after your divorce. Oh, that, that girl slept under my roof and ate my hummus. <laughs> and I considered Alicia's second daughter. Your father is basically Woody Allen. Okay. Yes, my uh, tall, athletic, Methodist father is Woody Allen. Yeah. Hey, listen, I don't love this idea either, but please, will you do it? Will you do it for me? Will you do it for Barbara? Carolyn lovingly looks at Barbara. Well, I'll be very polite. But I, I can't promise the same for Ace. What? Well, your husband barely speaks. I mean, I kept track last Christmas, and all he did was cough once and ask for vegetable oil for his potatoes. He says it with his eyes. <laughs> we'll manage. She hugs her mom. You know, you're an okay mom. But you are an excellent grandmother. Carolyn hits Jillian playfully. We go to Jillian and Trevor's house in the kitchen. It's the morning of the party. Decorations are up. Jillian, Trevor, and Barbara are dressed nicely. Oh, God, what have we done? Hey, hey, this is progress. And no matter what happens, I put a shitload of champagne in the punch. Oh, yes, yes. You know, when you're a kid, you have no idea that your parents are actually drunk a lot of the time. <laughs> I never even drank alone until I became a dad. Now, I'm totally cool with it. I can't tell you how many times I've read I am a mouse with a tumbler of whiskey in my hand. Uh, yes, we are doing great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a beep. A car is locked outside. From the window, Jillian and Trevor C. Carolyn has arrived, glammed up for her pending encounter with her ex-husband behind her. Ace, 50s and oddball, struggles carrying an oversized poster of Barbara. So, how much champagne is in this? Trevor and Jillian down some punch. It's later, and the party is in full swing. It's awkward, but Rick, Alicia, Carolyn, and Ace attempt polite small talk. Trevor and Jillian stand off to the side, watching. Ew. Look at them. They're so proud of themselves. Being nice to each other, making small talk, smiling. Isn't, Isn't that a good thing? Oh, I'm sorry. I've just been conditioned to view all my parents' interactions as completely negative. All right, everything's going to be chill. We're finally taking control of our lives. I got to go. My date needs me. What? No, you're my date. We didn't get a night out. This is it. Well, I'm your forever date, but I told Rick I'd be his buffer. He really doesn't want to be here. Trevor, no one wants to be here. (laughs) From across the room, Rick gestures for Trevor to join him with Alicia, Carolyn, and Ace. Oh, gotta go. Duty calls. Jillian sighs and follows Trevor to the parents. I like your cardigan, Mrs. Roberts. Thank you. I got it from the dead mall when it was still alive. (laughs) By the way, last name is Boop now. Ace's last name is Boop? Sounds like you traded up. Hey, all right. Did, Did you know that Barbara can blow a kiss now? She's basically a trained seal. Barbara, show grandma and grandma and grandpa and grandpa how you blow a kiss. 
Barbara oh. ignores him. Oh, oh. Well, she, she calls you Grandma, too. Oh, <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> Since I vividly remember you being 11 years old and doing a dance to Destiny's Child in my basement. <laughs> I was always Kelly. Jillian never let me be Beyonce. <laughs> well, I am Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Did Kelly sleep with Beyonce's dad in real life, too? Everyone reacts shocked. Trevor, I keep a cyanide pill in the glove compartment of my Jeep. I'll give you the signal and we can... Lori and Pam bust through the door with a large, unruly dog. Oh, hi, all. Sorry we're late. Not sausage was having a rough morning. Mom... Mom, I thought I told you not to bring the dogs. Well, if we didn't bring Not Sausage, he'd eat the others alive. You brought a killer dog to my child's first birthday party? He doesn't eat children. He eats dogs. (laughs) Oh, our mistake. I'll put him in the nursery. No, please, please, please don't put him in the nursery. Pam exits to put the dog in the nursery. Also, I know you said no gifts, but we brought Barbara a little something. We go to the backyard. Jillian, Trevor, and Lori stand in the yard, staring at a gorgeous playhouse with a bow on it, partially constructed. What? This is a full-on house. Where's the power coming from? (laughs) Pam rigged it so it runs on solar. (laughs) She's very talented when it comes to construction. And other things. Woman can make your toes curl so hard your nails pop off. Okay, the grandparents are having sex? They're having lots of sex, and it's messed up. (laughs) Carolyn enters and gasps. What's that? Uh, Lori and Pam brought it. Yeah, but you you, you said no gifts. Yeah, no one listens to us. No, I did. I wrote a letter. I followed the rules. I always follow the rules, and now now my baby isn't going to love me best. She runs back in the house past Alicia, who's entering. Oh, I'll go talk to her. I speak grandmother, after all. Andy Warhol taught me at a party. (sighs) Who wants more champ? Mm, I mean punch. Trevor and Lori exit. Whoa, how are you holding up? Oh, you know, I'm just questioning all my life choices. <laughs> Even that summer in high school, we spent hitting on that hot Amish construction worker. Levi? Mm-hmm. I would have lost my virginity in that barn. Mm. Like, I don't know how you do it. Having a baby, working. I don't do either of those things, and I feel like I don't have any free time. I missed an entire season of Below Deck and didn't even notice until my DVR got too full. Alicia, you can't say that stuff to people who have kids. <laughs> Sorry. Just know I'm here for you. Always. I'm your best friend. They hug. And also kind of your mom. Jillian pulls away. We go back to the kitchen. Jillian enters. Trevor hands her a wad of cash. What's this? Your dad found out my parents brought a playhouse, so he gave Barbara a thousand dollars. no gifts. I knew it would turn into some sort of baby presents, arms race. This party is a disaster. Wait, what are you talking about? We're a thousand dollars richer, and now our house has a house. (laughs) Yes, but our parents don't respect us. If you haven't noticed, the party's going fine. Maybe the problem isn't what our parents are doing. Maybe it's your reaction to it. Jillian stops, stunned. You think 
I'm the problem <laughs> and not the influx of crazy people in our house all the time? I think your attitude might be like 0.3% of the problem. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, cool. Well, I look forward to partying with you and your new wife at Barbara's second birthday. And I'll be comfortable, comfortable around you and Sandra because I'm just that well-adjusted. Sandra, your second wife is an older woman? My second wife's not real. Ugh, I don't care. She angrily picks up a cupcake and smushes it in his hand. She exits. Okay, love you. <laughs> he sighs and starts eating the smushed cupcake. We go to the dining room. Lori comforts Carolyn. The no gifts thing was ridiculous to begin with. I mean, whatever happened to grandmother's rights? Yes. Yes. And as the maternal grandmother, you outrank us all. Oh, I'm freaking garbage compared to you. Forget, Barbara, you're the most important person here. Thank you. I mean, you'd never know by the way they treat me. I, I can't believe... That man is here. Oh, I've been able to completely avoid my ex for 30 years. We haven't been in the same room since Mayor Ed Koch broke up our fight in a divorce court. <laughs> well, look at us, huh? We've moved on. In fact, where is Ace? Your mute husband. And we go to the backyard the same time. A serene vibe, unlike the rest of the party. Zen music plays. Pam and Ace silently work on finishing the playhouse. Nice slacks. Ace nods politely, then fires up a power drill. We go back into the living room. Rick stands with Alicia, holding Barbara. Grandpa. Grandpa. I love Grandpa the best. You ever think about having a baby? I did have a baby. Look. We angle on Jillian, stress-eating guacamole across the room. No, like a cute one. What if next year we made Barbara a friend? And we widen to reveal Trevor. Hey, do y'all need some privacy? <laughs> Absolutely not. Stay close. The doorbell rings. Hold tight, Rick. I gotta get this. Trevor answers the door. It's Donnie, 60s and hip, and Stephanie, 20s and hot. Dad! Oh my God. And that's the end of Act Two. <laughs> Act Three, we're in the living room. Trevor's dad, Donnie, gives Jillian an extended hug. I can't believe you came. Hey, I wouldn't miss Becky's party for the world. Uh, it's Barbara. Uh. <laughs> and this is... I'm Stephanie. I rode in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I met her at a show. I just blew the roof off Mount Airy Lodge, man. Ladies singing along everywhere to telephone freak. Wait, you've been in Pennsylvania and you didn't call me? That's the road life, T. Trevor's dad just bring a groupie to this party because it makes your father look like a saint? Well, I've only ever met Donnie once on the back of his tour bus. I mean, it was more of a tour van, but this tracks. Trevor walks over to Jillian. What are you going to do about my mom? She's going to lose her mind. I have to... Lori enters. 
Jillian and I used her sweater to make a thunder shirt for the doll. Lori and Donnie lock eyes. There's an intense beat. Donnie. Lori breaks into a big smile. Get your ass over here, you cheating bastard. <laughs> Lori Muskin in the flesh. Damn. Paradise in your eyes. Paradise between your thighs. Oh, you remembered my That's song. Right, Pam, uncomfortable, looks over at Ace. So, um, you want to get back to it? Ace nods, and they exit. Jillian walks over to Trevor, who is spinning out. Well, Donnie's definitely living up to everything you've said about him. How are you? I want my mommy and daddy back together. (laughs) What? Oh, boy. Come on, Trevi. Trevi, Trevi, Trevi. In Barbara's nursery, Jillian pulls Trevor inside. I didn't expect him to show up. He never showed up to any of my birthdays. Not even the ones themed, I'm Donnie's son. <laughs> or, Donnie is my daddy. Uh, how old were you when you had these parties? Too old. Way too old. Damn it. All this family stuff is really, really hard. Do you, do you think that we're insane for even trying this? What? Getting married and having kids? <sighs> well, I mean, it wasn't in that order. But yeah... Everyone around us is divorced. What makes us think that we're going to make it? I mean, well... Trevor Woods! I have to listen to your glass bullshit all the time, and right now it's, well... We might not make it? Well, a lot of people don't. They sit with this, and then... But I want to try, because that's what people do. Sure, our parents have may have messed us up, but they messed us up in a way that makes us work together. There's no one else in the world I want to try to get divorced, try not to get divorced to than you. Aw, you're the only one I want to try not to get divorced from, too. I love you, babe. I love you, too. Jillian kisses him. It's kind of hot. Are they doing this? They start to make out. It gets passionate. Top layers start to come off. We angle on the meat dog, watching them. (laughs) Then Carolyn bursts in. Hey, Julian, are you... Oh, my God. Carolyn runs out of the room. What do we do? We haven't had sex in weeks, and there's eight people watching our baby right now. Keep going. (laughs) We go to the backyard a little later. A wild-looking, sex-haired Jillian and Trevor walk out. All the grandparents and Stephanie stare at them, disappointed. Okay. Unbelievable. (laughs) And that, your child's birthday? Real classy, guys. Hey, okay, okay, yes. That happened. Look, we're not perfect. You have insane sex hair right now. And I made it that way. (laughs) Listen up, folks. If this big happy family thing is going to work, some things have to change. We've made a list of demands. He waves a piece of paper and the parents recoil. Oh, shit. Yeah, check it. Barbara is our kid, so you have to do as we say, like not shaking her when she's napping. 
or putting her in weird Victorian outfits. It's a gross abuse of the American Girl catalog. Yes. <laughs> and you have to text us before you come by. The parents start to murmur, incensed. Yeah. Also, when you babysit, it has to be without murderous dogs around. Mm-hmm. And you need to learn her name. Bianca. Barbara. Oh. It's Barbara. <laughs> Barbara for a baby anyway. I hate it. It sounds like a stewardess. Hey, 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 hey. We are not, no, we're not opening the door for complaints here. We are criticizing you. Well, well, we have thoughts on how you parent too. Oh, you do? Okay, well, it's not like you tell us all the time. Do you guys have any idea how hard it is to juggle all seven of you? Eight. Wait, should we count, Stephanie? The grandparents all say no. Yeah, I don't think so, no. Is today somebody's birthday? (laughs) Suddenly, someone clears their throat. throat) Everyone turns. It's Ace. I'd like to say something. Per Jillian's request, I've written a letter to Barbara. Everyone stares, shocked. He can speak? Oh, this should be good. Dear Barbara, congratulations on your first year. Even as a kid, growing up in the St. John's home for boys, I knew I someday wanted to be a grandfather. Biological children didn't happen for me. Mostly due to my acute shyness and a back that looks like a werewolf. But then I met your grandmother and I realized life is long and you end up where you're meant to be. And even though you're technically part of many different families, we all have one thing in common, loving you. In the words of former Philadelphia 76er Dikembe Mutombo, God put us here to prepare this place for the next generation. That's our job. Love, Grandpa Ace Boop. (laughs) To Barbara. To Barbara. Wow, I I didn't know he had it in him. The man has depth. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm definitely going off birth control. Sweet Christ. We're in the backyard a little later. Jillian and Trevor watch Carolyn and Rick walk over. Look, we brought our parents together. Possibly against us. So, uh, your father and I were talking. Yeah, just saw. Very weird. Well, I think it's lovely. And uh, there's something we'd like to say to you together. We're never going to listen to you. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for coming. (laughs) Just like Barbara is never going to listen to you someday. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's basically a countdown clock from this very second. So when you're hating us, just remember, someday you'll be us. So I'm glad we talked, Rick. Shit, me too. <laughs> what? No, 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 that's not going to happen with Barbara. Barbara loves us. Right, she's obsessed. Yeah. Lori emerges with the cake singing happy birthday. Everyone quickly joins in, thrilled. Donnie riffs too much on the song, but... Happy birthday! (laughs) Happy birthday! But it's good. 
never thought I'd say it, but it's kind of nice having everyone here. Yeah. Hey, my dad thinks your name is Julia. <laughs> End of act three. We're in the tag. We're interior of the playhouse later that night. Jillian and Trevor are squeezed in the playhouse with Barbara. This is so much quieter and nicer than our real house. Should we just move back here? I'm sure my mom will find a vagrant for it pronto. (laughs) Barbara, what do you think? Do you mind if mama and dada squat on your property? Barbara babbles. Donnie knocks on the playhouse door. Hey, you two banging in there? (laughs) Nope, we're with our child. Trevor opens the playhouse door. Never stop me and your mom. You know, I feel like I have learned so much about your parents tonight. Oh, me too. So, um, that cat Ace got me thinking, man. You know about family. And I'm talking about real family, not like road family, right? Oh, yeah? And I told, see, I told that chick Stephanie to beat it back to the Poconos, right? <laughs> but I'm going to stick around here a bit, man, because, you know... I gotta spend some time with you, you know? Maybe, maybe find a square to proper grandma. Uh, are, are you thinking my, my mom or? Trevor, Trevor. Oh, um, by the way, I just accidentally <laughs> ordered a bunch of movies to your TV. Don't look at the titles. <laughs> Too curious now. I never would. Congrats, kids. One year. It's a big deal. Donnie shuts the playhouse door and exits. Jillian and Trevor smile at each other and then turn back to Barbara. So, Barbara, are you going to make us some food or what? I mean, you invite us into her home and you don't offer us anything? Yeah, who raised you, monsters? (laughs) Jillian and Trevor tickle Barbara and she laughs and laughs. We pull back further, a little family in a little house. And that's the end of the pilot. Hi, I am Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cashin. Together, we host a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Uh, we're both stand-up comics. We recently met each other because women weren't allowed to work together on, on the road or in gigs for a long, long time. And so our friendship has been unfolding on this podcast for a couple of years. Jackie constantly works the road. I write for Conan and then I work the road in between. We do a lot of stand-up comedy. And so we celebrate stand-up and yes. we also bitch about it. We keep it to an hour. We don't have any guests. We somehow find enough to co- talk about every single week. So find us. You can subscribe to The Jackie and Lori Show at MaximumFun.com org or wherever you get your podcasts okay bye let's start before we get into you know actually let's start by just yeah. me telling you um my favorite part of your pilot and then we can go oh, oh, thank which you. was a little there's you know i just listened to it again and there's there were a bunch of things that really made me laugh always really specific character things just when talking about Ace wanting, the only thing he said was asking for vegetable oil for his potatoes, <laughs> which feels like that's got to be straight from someone you know. Um, but I, I, and everything with the meat dogs and just with Lori, you know, building the, the homeless housing and saying even though there's no homeless population now, there can be. But I think it really was Ace's speech, um, which oh, thank you. is so well calibrated. It's moving but it's funny. The quote from Dikembe Mutombo, it's, uh, <laughs> it's such a great moment. Um, that's oh, thank you. So we'll start with that. And now let's just talk about how you, 
started on your path to being a writer? Oh, um, so I always did a lot of writing growing up. Um, thought I wanted to be an actress because it took me an embarrassingly long time to find out that writing for television was a job. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you were where? Well, where, grew, where did you grow up? I mean, I grew up in super rural Pennsylvania, like the middle scary part of the state. Um, and uh, was always, you know, writing little skits for friends and doing the whole nine. But I knew that acting was a job. So I ended up going to Syracuse University for drama. And there's tons of, you know, Syracuse University TV writers out there. And they always hate finding out that I was a drama major and that I didn't do TRF because I was, you know, like rolling around on the floor going like, haha, or whatever, while they were actually learning how to write TV. Um, I think at one point in the single parenting, there were like four Syracuse grads. Um, and I was the only drama major. But anyway, went to Syracuse, um, ended up graduating pretty early there because I did two abroad programs. And one of them was in New York. And they said, hey, this semester, you either have to take a dance class or you have to take an improv class at UCB. Or it may have been Second City, but it was one of the teachers kind of went back and forth. Um, and so I was like, uh, I'm going to take an improv class for sure. So um, I fell in pretty heavy into like the UCB New York scene by the time I was in my early 20s. And then, um, yeah, just like put all the pieces together, took a sitcom and sitcom writing classes like right out of the gate and kind of um, started focusing on that for a long time. And then I was in New York for a while. So. And so what was yeah. the first paying gig? The first thing, gig, well, I, I worked on a bunch of like Viacom shows in New York in like punch up rooms and stuff, prank shows, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then I came out to LA for what was supposed to be a two week visit. And I got staffed on betas for Amazon, which was their first wave of shows. Um, I was, it was the first streaming show in history to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Because at the time, there was only like Orange is the New Black, Alpha House, and Betas. I think they were the only uh, streaming series at the time. And so, I, yeah. And so, ever since then, I've, I've been out here and bopping around on shows and doing the whole thing. So, that's kind of, that's been my path. Um, and so, you were on um, You're the Worst, right? Yes. Uh, how yep. long were you there? I was there for four years. Okay. So I wrote on the first four seasons. Yeah. Okay. And those people are, I mean, they're, they're my LA family. Um, it was the, the same five writers for the first four seasons. Wow. So yeah. And everything in my life happened during those four years. I got divorced. I met my current husband. I got pregnant. Like my entire life happened on You're the Worst with those people. Um, and a lot of it got into the show, which is really funny to watch now. <laughs> um, a lot of ripped from the headlines content from all of us in there. So, well, like how most good shows are made. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so from there, you you went to s some network shows. You were on LA to yeah. Vegas. I was on LA to Vegas for a year. Super fun group over there. Yeah, I got a overall deal at twentieth, and so that's where I've been. I've been hanging out for the last couple of years. So I was on LA to Vegas. And then the last 
two years I've been over at Single Parents um, for ABC with that group in there. Also super fun. And that's just a really great room. I miss all of them. We've, we've done like a couple Zooms where we've all checked it. We've done like a Monday at 1030, like check-in Zoom. <laughs> trying to recreate like the fun part of a Monday morning where we all talk about our weekends, but it's still a little depressing. <laughs> the versions <laughs> that everybody's doing right now. Um, like, yeah, I just uh, made some bread or whatever. <laughs> and so that obviously the show was on hiatus, but it had been, had been picked up for another season, single parents. When this- we are so we were still, we're still waiting to hear on oh, season three. Okay. Yeah. We'll probably find out fairly soon. I would hope. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, does television still exist? We don't know, but hopefully um, we get to make more because it's a, it's a good group of people. Yeah. I guess the question is, even though it's no one can have any idea when you can go back to actually producing shows, the right. question would be, do they have writers rooms start right. up remotely so that you have scripts ready to go if and when you can shoot them. Right. I have a couple of friends who are in Zoom rooms right now. It sounds insane. Yeah. I have a friend who's uh, running a show and, and he said the Zooms just keep getting shorter and shorter um, because, <laughs> you know, at the beginning you could kind of deal and it's just, it's just hard to keep it up and his patience right. for it kind of wanes and they just get kind of brief. Right. It's, I, I imagine that I'm in a drama where at least I hear you like split off a lot more that it would be easier. Um, but I, the idea of doing a comedy Zoom room just like bums me out so much. Yeah. But I would gladly, I mean, I would be so happy to do one. I mean, like, I don't want to be like, no, I don't want to do one. But I think that's definitely in my future at some point. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, I can't. Like I, my trying to wrap my brain, like with the boards and everything, like I just can't, it's just like hard. I know. And there is just something about the chemistry of all being in that room together. Right. And, you know, it is what it is. We're going to have to figure out a way to make it work, but it's certainly not ideal for, for a comedy room. So those rooms that you know, where your friends are in rooms are those like cable streaming shows that are just on a different, one is, one is streaming. Yeah. One is cable streaming. And that room I think is, is pretty hardcore about their hours. Like they're zooming nine to five, like all day zooming, um, <laughs> which I just can't even <laughs> imagine. Like I feel awkward right now. Like I hope this <laughs> podcast interview turns out. Okay. <laughs> I can't imagine if this is now my vocation, you know, it's uh it's nuts, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to just even wrap your head around what, at what point, considering the number of people that are involved making a show, at what point we'll be able to get back to doing that. I know. I, had a, I have a pilot at Freeform right now, and it's a, it's a holiday pilot. And so... Uh, we were obviously really trying to get everything done in terms of first drafts before I have this baby on Thursday. And so I wrote the first draft over like the first week, the first real week of shelter at home and handed it in and everything. And then we had like a notes call where it was kind of like, this is obviously not happening for holiday 2020. 
and they kind of took my my deadlines away <laughs> they were just like just like have the baby be a normal person like don't be your normal like sociopathic like you know working while pushing out a child's self <laughs> and like you can do the notes on the other side and that was like the hardest weekend for me i was like my deadlines got taken away <laughs> you know i was like i don't even know how to function right now like that was it was super hard um but you know we'll see and, what happens with all of this and have you have since they took those deadlines away and Give me the honest answer. No guilt here. Have you written a word since then? I've done a little. I've done a little bit. I just basically did more like a bracketing draft where like I put like my notes like into the draft and, and got ready to do some rewriting. But nothing. It wasn't any major restructuring either. So um, it wasn't as big of, a, of an endeavor as it might have been. But we'll see. <laughs> It, kind of, it bums me out the whole thing obviously and you know i'm coming from a place of privilege like i'm healthy there's a lot of much worse things going on right now for people yeah all right so let's talk about eight let's talk about yeah. this pilot so um tell me about how it all started and who you sold it to and yeah um so i uh was i'm on a deal at 20th and we were kind of going back and forth about what I was going to develop for network that year. And I kept bringing in ideas and it was like, is this the one? Is this the one? And then I came in one day and I was just like complaining about my child's first birthday. Um, because she in reality has eight grandparents, both uh, Noah and I have divorced parents who have since remarried um, or have partners. And it was just, so much present coordination and event coordination and everyone was kind of wanting to come out, but it was like, who's going to get the actual birth date. And um, so, you know, it was just an update. Like, what have you been up to Alice? And it's like, well, you know, my house looks like an Amazon shipment <laughs> place right now because all these East coast grandparents who feel guilty that they can't be there for the very day or send presents. And um, they were like, this sounds like a show. And so, um, we developed a pitch based on that. I got partnered up with Rob Roselle, who's like a really funny writer. Um, he EP'd it with me and he's like a funny Pennsylvania dude. But I did that kind of um, development dating thing before Rob and I connected where you like meet with a bunch of producers. And it's like, are, am I going to development marry you this year? You know, <laughs> you go on all these lunches and and try to figure out what's going on with that. And then Rob and I were like, this is it. Cause he's just, a true Pennsylvania weirdo with true Pennsylvania weirdo family members that we really connected on. And then we took it out and um, we sold it to Fox in the room and we went there and um, it was a pretty smooth development process. I mean, looking back, like all network TV development processes are insane just in terms of like the pace and handing everything in, but it was good. And so that's kind of, how it came to be. So when you pitched it, um, let's talk a little bit more about how yeah. you pitched it. Cause there are, it's called eight. And there's so there, brilliant characters. there's a lot of characters. Um, how did you pitch it so that they could keep all those characters straight? I never use visual aids, but I did do based on actually Steve Levitan's recommendation when he had pitched Modern Family, I did do 
a um like a slideshow powerpoint of all the characters um as i was going through just so everyone kind of had a visual in their head and could kind of keep track what was going on and i think the amount of characters is what scared everyone from the (laughs) get-go buying it developing it maybe putting it on television um because you know there's not including the two leads, there's eight grandparents involved in the show. Right. So that was super helpful. And it was actually helpful with the writing too, just to have like, here's what they look like. Here's like a few um, characteristics about them. The so that PowerPoint, let's talk more about that. Yeah. Was, was that pictures of, of, of actors who were archetypes? Yeah. Um, and how did you, just in the room, you just brought a laptop and put that PowerPoint up on it? Yeah, I just brought my laptop. I try to keep it as lo-fi as possible because I think that there's... I just didn't want it to be like, and here's my DVD, like the whole (laughs) razzle-dazzle of like too much tech. Um, I think especially with comedy, just like skews me out a little bit. So I would just drag, you know, my dirty Doritos-encrusted laptop uh, from room to room. And spin it and just like click through it and like control it with my hand. And I think that works. Okay. You I sold mean, it. I sold it. The pitches went well. Um, for the most part, there weren't any like horrible glitches or whatever. And yeah, we would usually just do, uh, the, each slide would have the set of grandparents. So like the married couples, there'd be like a picture of the actor we had in mind and then, you know, their partner. Um, that was, you know, it was fun. It was kind of, you know, I felt like I was doing a school project a little bit <laughs> when I was making it, but it was good. And how close are these eight grandparents to the real eight <laughs> grandparents in your life? I mean, there's definitely like a mix of my people in there and then Rob's people and people I know, but, pretty pretty close to the point where like if they saw it there would definitely be feeling <laughs> for all of them i think um except for noah's dad is not like an r&b star or anything <laughs> um but the 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 cool guy vibe is definitely is definitely there. One time Noah was on the phone with his dad and his dad was like, I got to go into Soho house. I'll call you later. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Like we didn't go to Soho house. Like, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, so there's, there, there's that. And the, the reality of the pilot too, is that so I had been married to like my college sweetheart for a while and then had gotten divorced and then almost immediately met my now husband. And we were, had only been together for about a year when we got engaged and then found out literally five days later that we were pregnant, which sounds like a lie, but it's not. <laughs> like neither of us are religious enough to like come up with that lie and make that go over. Um, we got engaged on a Monday. We found out that Saturday that I was pregnant. And then all of our families lived on the East Coast. So we were in this kind of weird position, especially after June was born, where we were we were still kind of getting to know each other while we our parents were were strangers to, each, to us. They were like in our house with a baby, and it was like, who are these people? 
And every day was just like, oh, like this is why you are the way you are. It was just um, like a new factoid about the person you had just married would get rolled out. Um, and that was really fun. And I wanted to hopefully explore more of that in series, you know, in terms of just like, oh, everything makes sense now. Like your parent does this and that's why you are the way you are. Um, yeah. One and of that, those things where like, I know them very well, you know? Right. And I do like, you know, when Trevor says to Jillian, I don't even know your phone number. You know, that <laughs> it just breaks up that this is such a new relationship that is being challenged in this right. huge way. Well, that was based on, I think we were at an ultrasound appointment and you know how they, nowadays when you go to like the high tech ultrasound appointments, they have you put both partners phone numbers on the screen and then they send you all the images to both of your phones after these ultrasound appointments. And I think it was with June. They were like, okay, your phone number. And then they were like, and, and now Noah's. And Noah had been on my ass because he was like, you're pregnant. Like for emergency purposes, you should have my phone number memorized at this point. And he was like, okay, go Allison. That's my <laughs> phone number. <laughs> like while we're, while, you know, I'm laying there with the gel on my belly and everything. And I was like, uh, three, <laughs> I think I got it, but it was, it was a little touch and go for a second. That was, that was based on, there's a lot in the pilots was based on uh, real life moments in our life and that relationship and having a kid and all those being the child of divorce and all of that. Yeah, it is. Um, even if you yeah. don't have that many, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the competition between the parents and the in-laws over a new baby is intense. You know? I know. And I think everyone, Although, go ahead. No, I was like, it's, funny to me that I was like complaining about it so much and now I'm like will I ever see them again <laughs> you know what I mean with this second kid like I'm having a baby on Thursday they were all supposed to come out and now they're not so it's really funny to do this interview like all the wackiness of it from like two and a half years ago I would like kill to have now which is so sad and fucked up but <laughs> right real I know. Will, will people be at all sympathetic? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You have, you know, so many family <laughs> oh, members in your home. Care with you. about you. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was so, yeah. At one point, my husband was really pitching for this one for my mom to come out for three weeks. And she's like the grandma, like very grandma, grandma, like Carolyn in the pilot. And I was like, I, three weeks. Like, I don't, I don't know if she can do that. I don't know if I can do that. I don't, like, is this going to be, and I think we settled on, like, a week. Like, she was going to come out for a week. And she was supposed to come out tomorrow, and she's not. And I was like, I can't believe I ever, was like, I don't know how much help I actually want. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, no, can't even come to the recovery room with me on Thursday. So it's just, like it's unbelievable how much has changed just like since writing this pilot and then performing this pilot a month ago. And now, you know, having another kid on Thursday. Yeah. Um, Crazy. it's, uh, I mean, I do, you know, I guess for all of us as writers thinking about how are, how are we going to write shows going forward? 
because you right. can't ignore this. Um, right. And that has happened. And, you know, is everything just going to be a period piece set in you know, right. 2019? Or like a weird sci-fi. I don't know. Where it just didn't happen. <laughs> it's like right. a weird alternate timeline where it didn't happen. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, have you thought about in a new season of Single Parents? Have you guys in these we meetings talked, talked about, about how you handle it? We talked about it a little bit. I mean, there, there's one of our characters who, without spoiling anything, because the finale hasn't aired, who like goes off to do something that would be interesting if this character went off to do this thing and like the coronavirus happened. <laughs> um, but I don't think any official decision has been made by the showrunner or anything yet. So yeah. Gonna be, what about you? Have you guys had any kind of conversation about it or? Um, and sh- uh, you guys meaning, um, uh, you're, at, you're, at, I'm sorry. You're at mom, right? Or no, 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 yeah. no, 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 I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not on the show at the moment, so I don't have to deal with this you know, oh that kind of immediate way. But, um, but it, it's more in terms of just developing ideas and coming up with new ideas. Oh, yeah. You know, how do you do it? How, you know, how do you deal with this thing? And I think it's sort of too early um, in it to, to figure that out. I mean, the one thing I have been working on and been pitching is a period thing. So it's, you know, nicely oh, not relevant. It's like set in the early eighties. So it's just kind of like, doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, going forward, it's such a huge, it's, you know, because yeah, take this pilot, just like what you're saying, like say right. this had been for this cycle and it had been picked up and then it's just all of a sudden it's just like gotta be a completely different. Right. You can't see your grandparents because they're in the at-risk category and they're definitely not the people that you should be breaking social distancing rules for. Um, Yeah, even last night I was watching the Tiger King reunion special on Netflix, which is just looked just like what we're doing right now. It was like Joel McHale and um, a bunch of the Tiger King characters like on uh, AirPods, like on iPhones talking to each other. And I was watching it and I was watching Joel interview these people in that, in this format. And I was like, is my brain going to get used to seeing interactions on television or on screens in this format, like in the zoom format, basically, or the video conferencing or whatever platform you're using. I think it's like blue jeans over at Disney or whatever, but like, is my brain going to be like, this is how I watch people interact on a screen. And sometimes I'm part of that screen and like how is that even going to change like the visual language of television like when we get back yeah now when you're like you put like a facetime scene in a sitcom it feels like such a stupid cheat right. you know <laughs> you're like why can't we just get these characters together unless you know it's very story motivated but now is we can be like well that's just the way life is and sometimes you're just video conferencing with people and how how it's going to change story is is going to be very interesting. I think in the next couple of years, because I but also I don't think anyone wants to relive this. It's not like if all this is gone at Christmas time, I'm going to want to go see like Corona Christmas the movie or whatever. It's just, <laughs> I know it's not it's not something I want to hang out in forever. 
Um, yeah, I was talking to a producer friend. I don't know if you saw that article in the Times about the couple who've been stuck in their honeymoon in the Maldives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he, I can't remember, it was two or three writers had pitched him a feature based on that in the last week. Uh, this was last week. So, and it's right. like, yeah, um, I understand, <laughs> I guess, the impulse of like, oh, this is, you know, this seems like a comedy. You know, you're stuck in a, at the you know, five star hotel and, but right. I don't know that, you know, realistically two to three years from now, which is when that film would come out. Like, I'm, I agree with you. I don't know if I'm going to want to be watching these. No. If anything, I want to like go more places, like be outside more. Like I was watching the season premiere of Insecure last night and I was like homesick for Los Angeles. Yeah. I was like, I, was, like, I live here. I've been to that restaurant. I've been to that bar. I'm like, what an uh, what a beautiful representation of the city that I live in. But I'm I'm not yearning to jump through the screen and be a part of it, you know. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I don't know if you're having the same because I was watching like a uh, that David Chang breakfast, lunch, and dinner show with oh, yeah, yeah. they were in LA and and it was the same thing. You're going to these restaurants, I know, but but then all I can think is, oh, I wonder if they're going to make it. Will that place still be around when this is over? Are they going to survive? And um, so, so back to the pilot. Okay, so yes. <laughs> you, you said that during the, the number of characters was a, a, a concern for people throughout. Yeah, big concern. So how did throughout. that, what was, what were the notes like and what was the development what was changing draft to draft as you were going through the process? You know, it's act one used to start with them actually out on a date night. The cold open was them taking shots in a real part of that scene still exists, but it was them like out being like, we're finally out. And then they get called by the mom that they can't, that they can't, um, the, the, the meat dogs are upset and they like go back to the meat dogs. And then it was more of like a journey of them going from house to house, trying to get somebody to watch their kid. And then everyone being like, we're too busy. And then being like, and they're in like in a lift cause they'd been drinking with like a car seat. And they're like, what's happening. And then by the end of act one, they're like, we can't live like this anymore. We're only having one party. And then the act two and act three were pretty much the same. I think there was some concern with them drinking at the top that it wasn't really showing in series, like what the conflict was in terms of being barraged by too many people, which is why it changed to them being in the house and people showing up at the same time and kind of having to, to deal with that. Um, so that was kind of a change that made throughout the process. There was at one point, and I don't know where, which angle it was coming from, and we didn't take the note, but there was some concern about someone somewhere didn't believe that there would be multiple celebrations in the work for this child. To which my instinct was like, would you like to see the holiday schedule that I have <laughs> for myself? So my birthday is Christmas Eve, and when I go home, for Christmas, I do Christmas with my dad on the 23rd. I go to sleep. I wake up. I have a birthday with my dad. 
I go over, I do birthday with my mom. I go to sleep. I wake up. I do Christmas with my mom. And then we start the in-laws like around the point. <laughs> so I was like, this is totally real. And so we didn't take that note. And I always wondered if it hurt it. But in my head, I was like, it's just, I think there's a lot of divorced people who don't want to be in the same room and their yeah. kids do end up scrambling. Um, Noah's parents had not been in the same room, much like that character's, much like Trevor's parents had not been in the same room for over 20 years and throughout the pilot process had not been in the same room. And then this past November for his niece's bat mitzvah, they finally were in the same room. And I was like the whole week, like, of course I wasn't going to stress my husband out, but I was like, what is I was like on the phone with girlfriends being like, what is going to happen? Like, this is crazy. And, you know, their divorce wasn't like super nuts or anything, but it was, crazy enough like like everybody's parents getting divorced in the 90s it like wasn't a great thing but um they were all here for Noah's niece's bat mitzvah in November and we all hung out for an entire day like breakfast till like midnight and it was amazing and everyone got along and had a really fun time and like laughed and I was like this is totally premise busting for my pilot <laughs> I was like this ruins eight this ruins the pilot like everybody was so cool and so nice and <laughs> had such a good time together and sat around and like talked about their old neighbors back in Soho. And, you know, it was just, it was great. It was lovely. It was the loveliest time. And I was like, well, this, this fuck, maybe this pilot shouldn't have gotten picked up. <laughs> this is really boring. Like everyone likes each other and we're all like getting along. Like, okay. All right. Well, no conflict here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's nice in terms of faith and humanity, but not so great in terms of uh, conflict for a show. No, yeah. it was really. I was like, no story ideas here, none. <laughs> Did you have how much had you thought uh, forward in terms of future episodes, and how many of those not, did you pitch? Not that much. I mean, we had. I'm trying to think. We I always try to have like a couple episode ideas in my back pocket if I'm not pitching out like the entire season arc. Um, we had a few. We had a few ideas. A lot of it was just, in, you know, in a lot of the big milestones that you have when you have a small child. Like, I think there was one about like everyone had a different opinion about like vaccinations or schools or, you know, just like anything that you could put kind of through the grandparent lens on. Right. Um, but I, I hadn't gone that far thinking about it. So. Yeah. You had, you know, I feel like you have so many character dynamics that, you know, within right. these 10 characters that there's, it, it doesn't feel like a show where there aren't story engines and stories would be hard. Right. To buy. We did talk about Donnie possibly starting we talked about oh the one thing that we did talk about was carolyn and ace maybe getting a divorce and maybe some sort of like inter-grandparent like flirtation happening um but i don't know how much we actually would have wanted to do that in series but them like one of them getting divorced and like further making the situation uh, a little bit more spread out was something that we had flirted with um but to bring in just a few more characters. Just, just like more characters. <laughs> and uh, that's what everybody wants. It's like a show <laughs> with eight, like aging characters. 
<laughs> that's just what people want. I mean, they're like, what does this young writer want to bring in? Oh, something where everyone is 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that's, that's what America wants. I really, I, I will say that I was a little nervous going into this because there were so many characters and I was worried for a live audience. Um, I mean, the live audience has the advantage in that they're seeing John McGinley and Nancy Lenahan. Right. And Kennedy oh and so the, um, but just for a podcast audience, are you going to be able to sort of keep all, keep track of all right. these people? But I really do think you, the characters are also clear um, and they all are introduced uh, so well that you get a sense of them that, uh, you know, it's hard to say, obviously, what our audience will make of this when you're just hearing it. But I feel like it's really quite easy to track all of it and to keep everyone straight in all these relationships, which cannot have been an easy thing to do in the writing of this to give everyone... Um, enough that you get who they are, you get what the relationships are right. is with who. Uh, but I, you know, it, it, it really felt like it absolutely played and you know, you, you got who everybody is. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really gratifying to watch it. Cause like when you're writing it, you know, you're like, is this, is this working? And you know, it's like, Hey, you got 24 hours to like deal with this. No, like, can you hand it in or, you know, and you're like, ah, like trying to figure it out. I remember when I first started out, you'd be like reading pilots for the year and wanting to go on staffing meetings and you'd see a typo or something. And you'd be like, what, like what, like what, they have a typo in their pilot? Like what's going on? And then on the other side, once you realize like what sometimes what the, the turnaround is on some of these pages, you're like, oh, of course there's a typo in this. Like it was done like after the single parent's room got out, you know, at 11 and, or whatever, you know, it's just craziness. So yeah. Um, but it was fun for me to sit there and, and, and have the, the audience like seem to, to get it. And I think they were trying to figure out like who everybody was. And then by the end, everyone, by the, the end of the party, I felt like everyone was kind of on board. At least it felt like in the room at the time. I don't know what people's podcast experiences. Um, don't tweet me if it wasn't that, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It just felt, I was like, oh, they're getting it. And they're like, you know. They're yeah. rooting for these people and that made me feel really good because, you know, a lot of times, even though there's so many people involved with these projects, you do feel like your pilots are kind of done in a weird vacuum and like this weird chunk of time and then it's over. Right. Yeah. No, you were getting those character laughs by the end. Like once people knew who they were, right. you're laughing because, oh, that because I, I now know who that character is and that absolutely feels like how they would behave in this moment. Um, right. What was the end of the process like? How did you, how far along... Uh, were you into pickups when you got the pass? Do you remember anything about the end? I'm trying to remember. It wasn't, it wasn't like we were in the mix for like a super long time, but we weren't one of the first passes either. And, you know, it was just one of those very polite, nice, short phone calls that you always get. And <laughs> you, it's, it's shocking how I mean you would never want them to like talk to you for like 45 minutes or an hour about like why they're not picking it up but like the brevity of the calls is always like you're like and then it's gone you know and you're like thank you and this was great and like hopefully we can work together again which is always very genuine and at least on my part and then it's like poof it's gone 
And Rob, who, you know, was a producer on it, we were working together at Single Parents at the time. He actually just joined that staff. He'd only been there for a couple of weeks. And uh, so it went from us not knowing each other at all to like working on this pilot to like seeing each other all day as coworkers. And I just remember just being shocked at how sad I was because there is like a part of the process where you're like every option is is known to you and you have to distance yourself from it and then you know once it's over you have like your little little moment of mourning in your office where you're like I just I really liked it and I wanted it to go you know that was a bummer and then uh and then Rob and I were working together so sometimes you know, even weeks later, I'd like look at him and I'd be like, it's like we had like a child or something that like got ripped from us. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Not like in, in an overdramatic way because I get over things pretty quickly, but I would be like, oh, we had that like fun thing and now it's gone, you know? Yeah. Um, and the intensity of, of that process and when you get those notes and how important it all feels and we have oh, yeah. to execute this and then all of a sudden it's just like, well, no, none of that mattered. It's all just tossed away. It's all away. gone. And, you know, I re- you really feel like, and then you just try not to think about it ever again. So when I was asked to do the podcast, I was, it was funny because Ben had emailed me at one point when in like, you know, with a bunch of writers he'd reached out to and was like, does anyone want to like hand in a pilot? And I, I didn't do it. Someone else brought eight to your attention. Cause it was just like, it just feels like revisiting an ex-boyfriend or something. Right. And you're like, is it terrible? I don't know. Like <laughs> I haven't looked at this thing. Like, what is it? So it was, it was a uh, terrifying and fun to kind of get it back out. I didn't do any like rewrites on it. It was like the final network draft, but I think um, the other writer, our night was like, Oh yeah, I did like some tweaks. And I was like, you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, you obviously you can because there's no rules because who cares? But right. most people don't. Most people are just like, here it is. You know, because, right. for that very reason, because it's one thing. You know, it is. It always ends up nice being able to hear it read out loud by great actors. But but it is very tough to dig back into it and do a rewrite. That to me, because I've done a few of mine and I've never gone back right. on anything because that just feels terrible. Um, right. It's just like this is it. It's, it's key. And, you know, when I've done my, I was like, oh, okay, I wish I had, you know, hearing it now, I'd cut that. I'd now sure. it makes sense. Yeah. But, um, it was, I had that, I had from, cause when we did ours, I think I was still, I think the single parents room was still going or had just wrapped. So I had just come from doing 22 table reads where as soon as you're, as soon as you hear it, you're like, all right, let's go back to the room and like, we're going to fix act one or like whatever. And so the night of the podcast, it was over. And then it was like, instead of like going, eating your lunch and like, we're going to repitch on this. And yeah, that was review act one or like whatever. It was just um, like, let's go to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I still had like that rewrite energy in me. Like I couldn't turn it off. I was like, well, we got to do this. Got to fix this. Got to fix this. I think also having like the space from the project for a while. Um but of course, I just like went and ate a bunch of bread and stuff. My <laughs> pregnant face was like Boston. So. <laughs> I didn't do any rewriting. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. I would I would have worried for you if you really had gone and done some rewriting. No, that, that would have been truly diseased. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, I thought it, it was great. I really, Thank I, you. I really enjoyed it. I feel like it's such a maybe not this extreme version, but such a relatable 
thing for anyone who has uh, kids and parents and in-laws. Yeah. Um, it was really, so many. it was really fun. I'm excited that people are going to get to hear it. Yeah. I'm excited. People are going to get to hear it too. Um, I mean, the cast was so great. They were so talented and everybody was perfect and made me think of different aspects of the characters. Um, you guys get some really great talent involved in your shows. I was so grateful to them because they were bringing such life to those characters. That was, uh, was awesome. Such a good experience. So thank you guys so much for having me. Okay. That was our show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that both the pilot and my interview with Allison and uh, that sloppy intro with Ben. Um, if you uh, like the podcast, how about uh, leaving us a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to this really helps, helps other people find us so many podcasts out there. Um, and uh, you can follow us on twitter and instagram and facebook and all that uh we're obviously not going to have any live shows coming up but we might be doing some remote reads and you'll want to know about those so you know follow us uh, on social media uh dead pilot society is produced by myself and Ben Blacker and our associate producer, Noah Finling. We want to thank everyone at the West side comedy theater where we did this great show. Uh, it was really, really fun. Uh, much more nostalgic about that night than I ever thought I would be. Um, so we'll be back next month with the revival by Sally Bradford McKenna, which is really funny. Can't wait for you to hear that one. And then we'll see going forward. Um, but thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone is staying home and staying safe. Uh, and uh, until next time, I am Andrew Reich.